on episode 76 of the new Eight Days Geek podcast. Lots of announcements in October, Alan Wake comes to TV, and Apple's new toys. Stay tuned. episode of the new eight days of geek podcast i'm your host jesse miller and joining me as always the man who would be king because let's face it we'll let anybody rule us nowadays sean scott where did that come from i don't know i had nothing we didn't you really did. talk much man. before so i reached into the old bag of standbys gotcha we get strangely I mean, was... political later on so i figured that would work not do we well We'll see. I I can see I, the picture. I, I know. I should name. read. The, I should read the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. That's that's what you mean by seeing the future. You you read the show. Notes. I've read the show notes. Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, kick into it here uh, for the blurbs. Lots of just October announcements. Jesus, everybody <laughs> is announcing something in October. Um, so Samsung. Uh, is going to have a new Galaxy event on October 11th. Not, uh, n- no idea what it's for. It's uh, the event announcement itself says 4x fun. So four times fun, I guess. I, I don't know. So we don't have really anything to go off of. I mean, you got the Note 9 that just announced uh, and released. You know, new watches, uh, the speaker, all that stuff. So, I I mean, I can't imagine it's anything with any of those. Uh, And I I don't remember when the uh, Galaxy S9 released. I'm pretty sure it was last year. But they typically do a regular phone release, then a Note release, then a regular phone release, then a Note release. And it's every other year. I don't think they typically release... Uh, the ga- the regular Galaxy phones every year. Um, so, yeah, release date for the Galaxy S9 was 2018 March. <clears throat> Sorry for the stopped up voice, everyone, because frankly, my uh, my geek genes disallow me to handle allergens very well, and I'm all kinds of stopped up. So, who knows? Uh, <sighs> guess we'll find out uh it'll be interesting whatever you know uh the next one we got on our list here razor this i did not expect but i'm excited for all the same is going to really be hopefully releasing their next phone on october 10th so they put out a uh, invitation that has their logo says save the date 10 10 18 flagship slash gaming that that to me, very much so points at a Razer Phone 2. Uh, the Razer Phone 1 was a, a pretty nice phone, in all honesty. It was uh, made for gaming. It was a very nice display, great specs, all that stuff. So 
Uh, it'll be really interesting to see what they come up with for a follow-up to that, if that is what this is for. And then the last one here, Google is going to have their uh, Pixel event on October 9th. So it's going to be a very busy week in October. Um, you figure the, uh, the Razer one is October 10th, Samsung's is October 11th, and <laughs> Google's is October 9th. Uh, I wonder if they planned that. Just keep one up in each other. <laughs> I don't know. I would assume that <clears throat> whatever devices they are announcing are all devices that will be, you know, available for Christmas. Oh, well, of course. So, you know. So from the Google one, we're expecting. You just got to get all those announcements in. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, because you got to sell it to the Christmas crowd, man. Come on now. Right. Um, from the Google one, we're expecting uh, the Pixel 3, Pixel 3 XL, that kind of stuff. Uh, who knows about Pixel books, uh, things like that. Well, I just have to watch, you know, watch and wait. Um, it, it would be, I would be interested to see updates to Google Home Minis. Um, I'm not, from the leaks that I've seen, I'm not very impressed with the Pixels the new pixels um but we'll see who knows all right and that is october 9th so basically uh let me bring up a calendar of october here you will have events on tuesday wednesday and thursday on that week <laughs> awesome all right uh i have that's, to tell uh, you that's something not the one i wanted to play there you go <clears throat> take a couple weeks off and can't get our shit together. Look at that. Let's see here. All right. Nintendo announced uh, a few more little details about their Switch online service. Uh, this is, of course, the paid online service that will be um, coming to the Switch. It's basically, yeah, up until this point, Switch online play has been kind of a I don't want to say a beta, but it's been kind of a test. The online service that is coming uh, September 18th or 19th, if you're in Europe and Japan, uh, is basically it's kind of like Xbox Live for the Switch. It allows you online play, uh, different social aspects, things like that. They've rene the, the stuff that they've put out now is uh, kind of some of the perks that come with it. For instance... Um, they are going to allow you uh, access to a library of classic NES games. Ah, uh -huh. that's cool. Yeah, so some of the ones that uh, will be available on day one, I'll roll through this list real quick. Soccer, Tennis, Donkey Kong, Mario nice. Brothers, Super Mario Brothers. Nice. Balloon Fight, Ice Climber, Dr. Mario. This one's cool. Mm -hmm. The Legend of Zelda. That's nice. nice. Super Mario Brothers 3. Nice. Double Dragon. Oh, boy. That's a good one. <clears throat> River City Ransom. Ghosts and Goblins. Tecmo Bowl. That's a good one. Gradius. Pro Wrestling. Excite Bike. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yoshi. Ice Hockey. And that's a good one. Baseball. Uh, so, yeah, it, it'll also they're also saying that they'll continue to launch more titles in that library every month. Um in October, Solomon's Key, NES Open, and Super Dodgeball. 
November will be Metroid, Mighty Bojack, nice. and Twin B. And they're saying December's batch will include Wario's Woods, Ninja Gaiden, and Adventures Ninja of Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. So, I mean, if you like the classic games, it's a hell of a deal because. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Uh, the subscription prices, uh, let's see, one month is $4. <clears throat> a three month pass is $8. And this is really where you're going to save the money. A 12 month pass is $20. Um, they're also offering an annual family plan for $35, which allows up to eight Nintendo account holders to have access to the online service. And they don't all have to be on the same console either. They could be on different switch consoles. So if you, if you have two kids and you and your two kids, all three have a switch, you know, you can save money by getting that family plan and doing it that way. So, I mean, it's not bad for the price. And if you play online and you like these NES games, I mean, $20 a year is, you know, cheaper than most things. I mean, that's that's less than $2 a month, you know. So, I mean, that might be worth it for you. And if you are on the service and you subscribe to it, you also have something else you can buy. And this is uh, right up your alley, Sean. You will be able to purchase the newly revealed NES-style Joy-Con controllers. They are Joy-Con controllers that are exactly shaped and buttoned out like NES controllers. Uh, like the original ones? Yep. So you could play all those NES titles on basically what equates to an original NES controller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the set of those, a little pricey, uh, will be... Uh, let me find it. $60. But that's two controllers. Shut up, stupid speaker. <laughs> stupid ads. GameSpot. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, no, these look awesome. And I can plug a Nintendo Switch into just my regular TV, right? And uh, just, like, play it on the television, right? Yes, that's how that thing works. Yes, you can. It comes with a dock mm, that it sits I'm, in. I'm growing more and more intrigued now. <laughs> And you could take it along with you, like the uh, picture in the show notes shows. You know, it's um, you stand it up on a stand. These new controllers, they connect to it just like Joy-Cons, so they slide into the sides of it to charge. Um, I, they're square. The Joy-Cons are very much so not, uh, and they look bigger than the Joy-Cons. So I'm not. I don't think it's going to fit in the cases that we have for the Switch right now, unless you have a case with a lot of extra room. But I mean, you know, this is an official Nintendo product. You know there's going to be a case for this. It's not, that's not really even a question. Um, and the controllers themselves don't look too huge, honestly. So, you know, maybe you could just have a case for those controllers or something. I don't know. So, yeah, if you sign up for the 12-month subscription, uh, either individually or part of the family plan, um, you will receive... Splatoon 2, let's see here, two exclusive pieces of gear in Splatoon 2, the online jersey and the online Squid Kid v uh, 5 shoes. Um, I don't play Splatoon, so I heard that it's good, and it's one of the multiplayer games that's on the Switch, so maybe that's an awesome thing. I don't know. Um... Oh, it does say here, I just saw that it says those could back to the controllers. It says that the controllers can be charged by slotting them into the sides of the Switch just as a regular Joy-Cons, exactly. but they can't, they can't be used in handheld mode. Yes. 
So that makes sense. Uh, yeah. The buttons would be all crazy. Right. So. But that means you don't have to worry about plugging these things up. If you have a Joy-Con charger at home, uh, maybe they'll work on that. But even if they don't, you just leave them slotted into your Switch. And as your Switch is charging, the jo- those controllers will charge at the same time. Right. So, I mean, you know. It's pretty neat. You figure $80 gets you a year of Switch Online and these controllers. Um. I don't know. I mean, it's not. And then after that, the switch online is only the 20 bucks a year. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's it's a decent deal, especially if you like retro games, you know, because it'd be interesting to see what the quality is like. uh, How much does this how much does a switch run just Uh, in general? Well, in general, they're typically, I think, around three hundred dollars. Pricey. They are. uh, Let me. See what we get here for. I'm just gonna go on Amazon. Why not? Uh, yeah, two ninety nine Prime shipping. Amazon for the gray one. That's the one I own. Um, you can get if you if you want a game with it, you can get some that have games packaged with them, stuff like that. So just like any other console. Yeah, I'm just not too much into you know any of the other like any of the newer Nintendo games or anything. Like I'm really just looking at it as you know playing the retro stuff a little a uh, little too pricey to justify you know purchasing it solely for the you know the pleasure games. of playing retro games on you know do you like uh, do you like zelda you know i never played the original legend of zelda like all the way through or anything uh but uh i did like uh i played like the first zelda game we ever owned at my house was zelda 2 which I know it has a reputation for being like one of the worst Zelda games, but I really enjoyed it. So uh, I have played that one and I've played other ones like Ocarina of Time on the N64. And, you know, I've, I've played several of them, not all of them, though. <clears throat> See, I think the killer game on the Switch right now, anyway, for most people is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, it is, I mean, it's a first party title, but it, it's a really fun game to play, to be honest. Uh, lots, of, it's open world, it's a lot of really good story and everything. Um, but that, I mean, that game is really good on the Switch. Uh, Skyrim is not bad on the Switch. I just got um, L.A. Noir on the Switch, that's pretty decent. Um uh, trying to think of any other games. Doom, I've heard, is not bad. So, but these are also, you got to figure it's a, uh, you know, it's a portable game system. So part of it's right. playing portably. And then with this being able to plug into a TV, coming home, plug it into a TV and play and keep playing the same exact save, the same exact game is pretty nice, you know? So I don't know. Uh, this might be a, you know, might be a reason for someone who doesn't have a switch to get one. If that's all they were waiting for. Come on, Sean. Do it. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, probably, but, I mean, okay. it, it, they, they definitely made a step in the right direction. Well, good job, Nintendo. You, you, have, you have passed Sean's, passed Sean's I, filter of bullshit. I, I give, yeah, I give, you them, I give them my marketing approval, my, mar- my stamp of approval for this, uh, this decision. It's just kind of an off-white stamp that just says meh. Meh. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's as much approval as you're going to get out of Sean. <laughs> Meh. Yeah. All right. So uh, from one Nintendo uh, laden uh, announcement to one that's 
Nintendo related kind of. <laughs> Pokemon Go is now letting players nominate Pokestops. This is exciting news. I love this. Um, is it? Well, I think so. Isn't it? Why wouldn't it be? I mean, I guess, but I I don't know. I, I just don't. I mean, like, I guess it's neat, but at the same time, as somebody who's been playing Pokemon since day one almost, uh, like, I don't really care. Like, uh, if it if it is any amount of work whatsoever, uh, you know, I'm not going to be <laughs> I'm not going to be uh, uh, into that. So. I don't know. I don't know why you'd want me to be so excited about it, I guess. Well, I mean, <clears throat> unless you're going to make my my house a Pokestop so I don't have to leave and I can just sit here and spin that damn thing. <laughs> I just don't see why this is exciting. Well, it's exciting because in places like where you live and where I live, where there aren't a lot of Pokestops. There aren't a lot. Sure, I guess. Yeah, that's know, a good point. We know, we know certain landmarks around us who that could be Pokestops. And certain stores, you know, like uh, there's game stores everywhere where people congregate that aren't Pokestops. And those are the perfect place sure, to be sure. a gym or a Pokestop. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good point, you know, as long as they're, you know, giving uh, – uh, I, I don't want to say giving priority to, to more rural um, submissions, uh, but uh, but yeah, you make a valid point. Like uh, since the beginning of the game, there's been a problem with you know people where living far you know out where uh, we live in the suburbs and things like that, not having uh, Pokestops uh, within miles of their homes. And, and I know it's it's <clears throat> it's worse the farther you get out. You know, it's 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 probably worse for you than it is for me. Uh, since the since the uh, release of the game, I, I know they've added at least one Pokestop even closer to my house than than the nearest one was when it first started. So, you know, Niantic themselves have have made additions since the game has started. So. Yeah, I get it. Uh, it can it can help you know people in in more rural locations, but at the same time, this is really something Niantic should have been doing themselves to make the game more enjoyable to begin with. I I almost view it as them pushing the work off on us. <laughs> yeah, I mean it kind of is, but when you think about it, no one knows your area better than you. You know, I mean. Sure. I just think that, like, you know, implementation of trading and things like that was a far bigger deal than nominating our own Pokestops. But if you let me trade items, I would be much happier. That's what I'm holding out for. Sure. I got so much useless crap that I need to trade for things that I actually need. You know, like, let me trade candy. That would be amazing. I mean, it does say here in the article that the program is going to be limited to players who've reached level 40. Not only and are that, not playing on a child account right now, like, it's only I in Brazil even, and Korea, right? Also, but it, but like I haven't even reached level forty. I mean, <clears throat> I know there are a lot of people out there who have, but like I just cannot devote that amount of time to the game, <laughs> and I I still play on my lunch break most days during the week, and uh, um, I'm not level forty, you know. Uh, 
I think I'm 33, 34, something like that. So level 40 is a long way off for me anyway. Uh, I mean, it takes now when you're up to that level, like 33, 34, I mean, you're looking at like a million XP to, to, to move on to the next level and playing an hour a day isn't going to accumulate that really fast. So, well, that just means you're not devoted enough, Sean. Well, you can't be, what are you? Like you can't be even close to that either. Um, I think I'm 28. I don't think, yeah, I don't think you're as high as I am. No, I'm not, not even, yeah, I'm 28, about halfway through 28 right now. So, yeah, I mean, level four, go ahead, I mean, implement it, it it doesn't affect me, or, you know, I'm sure it will affect me by the Pokestops being added or anything, but it's not like it's anything I can even participate in, so I'm even less excited, put it that way. By the way, I got a, uh, I put out on Twitter that I needed some friends for uh, uh, one of the research things. And I got a whole bunch of people. It was fantastic. I love it. And uh, we're all trading gifts. Um, I'm going to butcher this name. I know it. Sakilim. I don't know. Uh, but he sen- he or she sends like the coolest gifts from Japan. Let me open. Oh, I don't have a new one from him. Yeah, I do. Let me open this one. This is very interesting. Um, yeah, Tokyo, Japan. I love it. I love that you could be you could be friends and share gifts with people in different countries. There's one person I have on there that's from uh, uh, from me. I think it's uh, either in or around London. Uh, you know, I mean, I'll never meet these people more than likely. I like to send but. you gifts from all of the workout stations inside the parks that I visit. <laughs> I I send you a lot of um the big bass and the big bear <laughs> from uh, a local hardware store <laughs> because they're on my way to work so I pass I just drive through their parking lot and hit nice. three pokey stops at once. See, we just drive through parks a lot and a lot of the parks have like, you know, all these different workout stations set up to like do push-ups here and, you know, chin-ups here and things like that. And so I like to send you all of it. Well, you know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Every time I send it, I'm like, I wonder if he gets this. (laughs) Get outside, do something, do a thing. (laughs) F you, Sean. Yeah, I did not like the uh, I did not like the the fact that I had to make friends as a as a part of my field <laughs> research or whatever. Um, you could have just made fake accounts and befriended yourself. Well, uh, that's too much effort, and I I really wanted nothing to do with you know friending a bunch of strangers or whatnot. So I had to search out like people I at least you know somewhat know. Um, you know, through family and friends oh. to find, you know, three new friends to to add to my list. But I accomplished mm-hmm. that goal and I've moved on to the next step in the research. So see, I only know like five of my twenty friends. The other fifteen were all from that Twitter post and I don't know who they are right offhand. None of their usernames look familiar and locations don't really look familiar. I know at least one or two of them are from this general area. Uh but then I've got Chicago, I've got England, I've got you know, Japan, uh, but it's awesome. I mean, why not? I don't have to actually talk to anybody. I just send them gifts. They send me gifts. We level up together. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I'm not, uh, I didn't like the fact that Pokemon was trying to make me get out and walk and be physically active, and now they're trying to make me be social, and I'm even, I'm even less into that, so. 
All right. All right. So this next one is um, a game announcement. Democracy 4. Uh, this one's very self-serving. I This is not giant news by any means uh, or any stretch of the imagination. But I am such a fan of Democracy 3 that I had to talk about this. Democracy 3 was back in 2013. And it basically was a game, a very complicated political game, where you would rule a country in one way or another. Either rule, govern, you know, however, depending on which country you picked, would depend on how you would phrase it. And... <clears throat> It's very, very political science. Like, uh, you handle every little issue, and every issue affects other issues. And it's just a very interesting game, very interesting um, interface. And the developers have announced that they will be releasing Democracy 4. And they'll be updating it so that it has uh, other, uh, to, or quote, to reflect modern issues <laughs> um, like fake news, clones and drones, uh, electioneering, extremism, and social engineering. Uh, so, yeah, this is... I can't wait. I mean, when I play it, I think I the whole goal <laughs> of it is to be reelected as many times as you're able. Um, you know, so as a president of the United States, you get reelected twice, finish out your second term, you win the game. I have never won, <laughs> and I hardly ever get uh, the chance to get reelected because apparently my policies are very volatile, and I get assassinated a lot. <laughs> you get wow, yeah, like constantly assassinated. This game sounds dark. Oh, it is, but it's so much fun. It is this really a game is. I can play on like my phone or something, or like where do you play this game at? I know there's an iOS version and a PC and a Mac version. I don't know about Android. Gotcha. Um, I might be interested in playing this, depending on the uh, you know the cost and whatnot. It sounds kind of amusing, especially if I could play it on like my iPad at home or something. You know. Well, you could definitely play it on iPad because uh, I play it on iPad all the time. Well, yeah, I can play it on my iPad, or I have I have two new phones now. So, uh, oh, there you, know. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, it doesn't look like it's available on Android, but it's available everywhere else. So, the, yeah. And that's the new one. Democracy Four is already available. No, or three, is, or, three is. Oh, available. three is four, available. Okay, four won't be now. <clears throat> won't be released until. Um, oh, well, here's 2019. 2019. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So that gives me some time to. I could try Democracy Three yep. and try playing it on my iPad here at home or something and see how I like it. Oh yeah, it's. Well yeah, I might it. give this a try. It sounds interesting. It sounds like it can get kind of dark. Oh yeah, it gets very dark very quickly. You know, all you have, all you have to do is start teaching like. Um, you know, stop teaching creationism and start teaching evolution in schools, and all of a sudden, every religious group is right at your front door. <laughs> uh, then all you have to do is legalize abortion, and the next thing you know, somebody blows you up. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. And don't even do think like about legalizing way, uh, marijuana. That's like the end of the world. <laughs> I do like the way the article is written here and everything. Uh, this particular author, let me uh, look who Costello. is it? Yeah, Jay, Jay Costello says, uh, after describing the fake news and the social engineering and the clones and drones, the one sentence that says, this all sounds extremely cheery and fine. It's fine. I'm totally fine. <laughs> I just love that. I love that line. Yeah. Yeah. So the, this is going to be awesome. I can't wait. Um, 
Yay, developers. Uh, Positech. Uh, Positech Games is the developer's uh, studio. So I'm going to keep my eyes on this. As soon as this releases, I am first in line for a copy for every console I have. All right. Now, I have to tell you something, Trevor. It's time for TV news. Sean gets to talk for a while. All right. TV news. The first story I found has to do with Hulu and their ad style. So apparently there's been somewhat of a battle between with Netflix, you know, over obviously over their customers. You know, we've talked about this for a long time. <clears throat> the fact that I now am a Hulu subscriber is can be traced through this podcast directly to all the different television shows that Netflix continued to drop from their uh, portfolio or whatnot before from their library uh, that caused me to, you know, to purchase a Hulu subscription. So um, as you can imagine, one of the big detractors from your Hulu subscription is the fact that it, it, it does contain ads when you're watching television shows, which uh, I've noticed recently because I spent – after purchasing that Hulu subscription, you know, we watched uh, so many Hulu shows and I got used to watching the ads that it regularly makes you watch. And just recently, I've gone back to watching several shows on Netflix and uh, especially when watching a show from – like say primetime television that you know you're just binge watching uh, the different seasons on Netflix. You really notice when it goes to like the commercial break that on on Hulu that you actually end up having to watch a 30 second or up to you know a minute and a half's worth of commercials, and on Netflix you don't. Uh, so it is it is de- definitely a noticeable difference between the two services, and uh, Hulu has decided to try to combat this by. Uh, altering their ad style in some of their their newest content, and and their their goal here is to make the transition between ads and the shows less jarring, and so they are uh, producing ad content that is similar or ties in with the shows that you are watching at that given moment. Um, They've started this with the shows Castle Rock and their new space series, The First. Um, and let me see. They give an example here. Uh, where is it at? Uh, okay, so for its new space drama, The First, which stars Sean Penn as one of the five astronauts to be selected as the first group of people to colonize Mars, Hulu has opted for ads from SunTrust Bank. And in those ads, uh, one of the commercials begins with a young girl who ultimately uh, makes her dream of becoming an astronaut a reality. Uh, so as you can see, you know, like it's a space, it's a sci-fi show about going to Mars. And so one of the ads is from SunTrust Bank and it's about, a, you know, a girl discovering her dream of being an astronaut and things like that. Um, the, uh, uh, the other show, the Castle Rock um, – it says that uh, you know, obviously, the Castle Rock is an anthology show based on the Stephen King novels that all take place in Castle Rock, Maine, and so uh, an ad was created for Hotels.com, which showcases a voyage to a place that closely mirrors 
Castle Rock, uh, uh, the the location of the eerie drama, as it puts it in the article. So, uh, you know, it's just a Hotels.com ad, but it takes place in an area that looks and feels very similar to the TV show that you're watching. Um, what do you think about this? It's almost like eventually uh, – aren't we eventually just getting to the point where like the ads are the television and it's all just – you know, <laughs> it's all just like the, the – you know, you know, and, and then they do it before. Like they do it in movies you know, uh, because movies can't stop for commercials. So you know, that's why you see a big Coca-Cola sign in the background yeah. of movies and things like that. So you know, like aren't we just getting to that point with television? Like why haven't we gotten to that point yet I guess? Yeah, it kind of feels that way but – I'm afraid that with the way television ads jump in in the middle of your storytelling all the time, <laughs> we're going to get things like, ah, the killer is coming after us. You know, we could run away from this killer if we had Nike's new running shoe. <laughs> it's like, I really hope. But you know you what? Know. I, 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 They've already done this on many tv shows in the past and uh uh to give you an example like i believe the uh the tv show it's no longer on but the tv show uh bones that was on fox for so many years with david boreanaz and uh, emily deschanel uh they would integrate ads into that show all the time regarding like i if i recall i think it was the toyota uh, like the toyota prius like you know they would always be in their car driving somewhere and you know you would see close-ups of the logo on the steering wheel or they would specifically mention the car they were driving and you could tell that it, it seemed almost forced you know what i mean and so maybe that's why they haven't uh, uh, progressed towards that more because it's very difficult to do without it being forced into the script or yeah. forced into the story. I mean, product know? placement is fine, but you can't draw attention to it. Otherwise it breaks the narrative, you know? Right. But this, you know, what Hulu is doing here isn't really, you know, uh, it's not integrating it into the show. It's, you know, again, the show technically going to its typical commercial break or whatnot. And the commercials just being less, uh, jarring of a difference between, you know, they, they don't want you to go from watching Castle Rock, this, you know, uh, creepy, eerie, uh, 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 psychological drama thriller. And then all of a sudden there being a, a wild Mountain Dew commercial, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> so, so I guess they're trying to fix that. It's basically know? just being smart about marketing. Instead yeah, of throwing exactly. the highest paid ad on the most watched thing. Exactly. Now, if I have any complaint about Hulu specifically and their ad time is that um, it – I mean I have no problem watching the ads. I don't have a problem watching the ads at all. But I just don't understand why like sometimes – and I guess it's based on you know the popularity of the show probably. But you know there are some shows that I watch where when it does go to a commercial break, it's like a 15-second ad or even a 30-second ad. And then there are some shows that I watch that during the three commercial breaks it may take every time. It's like 145 seconds worth of commercials. you know, And it's like – I'm sure that's based on the popularity or whatever, uh, but it does get obnoxious when, you know, the very first thing I turn on, you know, goes to its first commercial break and it's like 140 seconds. And it's like, I was just watching something the other day and, and, you know, as Hulu will do, like I was just watching something the other day and you didn't make me watch any commercials at all, you know? Um, 
it needs to be evened out in some way or if you're going to like, you know, on those ones with the 145, like give me make those the ones where I, I get the option to watch three minutes of commercials at the beginning and avoid them all or something. I don't know, like the the really large gaps are, are, are obnoxious, you know, because once you've extended it out to 140 seconds, you're talking about you know, more than two minutes worth of commercials, that is basically regular television, you know, uh, uh, you're defeating the purpose of streaming this at all. When, when now I'm giving you that many commercial breaks during the show and they're all going to be two and a half minutes long. So that would be my suggestion. Hulu. Yeah. Hulu. (laughs) Don't make me go somewhere else. I already left Netflix for you. <laughs> Sean, will, Sean will leave your ass at the restaurant. And go find right. somebody else. That's awesome. All right. Let's move on to the next story, which is weird because this was one of those shows. Did you ever watch this show when you were a kid? Oh, God. Uh, I just saw this when I ran across like all of the reboots and everything. So I remember my mom watching this when I was a kid. Uh, and the show that we're talking about is that ABC has decided to pick up a, a potential reboot of the uh, uh, long-running sitcom from when we were children called Designing Women <laughs> that starred Delta Burke and uh, Dixie Carter and Annie Potts and uh, one other person that I can't remember her name. So uh, I'm not going to talk much about this because it's not, you know, it doesn't really relate to anything that we care about uh, other than the fact that it's television related. And I just find it a little bit ridiculous at this point that just everything is getting reboots or whatnot. But I don't know. They're they're playing this off as not a reboot. And so uh, they're playing it off as a more of a sequel, you know, uh, like the show just starting over again, not or starting back up again with a new cast. And it says that, you know, some of the original cast members from the original show who, who are still alive, um, will, uh, uh, make appearances. So I kind of, I kind of like that idea, you know, the same way they brought Roseanne back before she went crazy and then they had to bring it back after killing her character off and all that kind of stuff. You know, I kind of like the idea of shows that, you know, we may have grown up with or watched in the past coming back with, you know, future installments. I don't necessarily like the idea of rebooting the whole show and just trying to retell the same story again. That, I feel, is definitely lazy. But this type of thing where, you know, they're bringing the shows back after all these years uh, and and just continuing the story in, in one way, shape, or form, I, I kind of like. Um, and, and, and that's more why I put this in the in the the show notes to talk about not necessarily because I was a huge fan of designing women but because I kind of like that idea of you know bringing back these stories uh, specifically because you know in the overall scheme of things like television uh, and television series and content like that hasn't been around for you know, an incredibly long time. So, uh, you know, there's, there hasn't been a whole lot of opportunity to do things like this in the past. You know what I mean? Um, if you had tried to do this 
40 years ago um, or 30 years ago when we were kids, you know, there was only uh, you would have been trying to bring back television content that probably had just left television in the last 20 years because television had only been around for the last 50 years before that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, And so uh, I kind of like this idea of like continuing these these brands and the now whether designing women is worthy of that. I'm 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 not going to speak to that really. It was a pretty important breakthrough kind of show when it was on, but uh, I don't remember much of it from when I was a kid, other than seeing my mom watching it and things like that. But I just uh, I just kind of like the idea of of these shows, you know, coming back in in their new form with new characters and and continuing that story. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I I see where you're coming from. I mean. Like you said, I don't know if designing women is the one to the one to end them all, but um, I mean, it's got to be. I, I like it when a, a TV show I used to watch comes back. So I, it's really, I guess, just not the target audience kind of a thing. Oh yeah, sure, you know? sure. So I, if you if you were someone who watched Designing Women or something like that, you know, when one of these shows comes back, I don't I don't see anything wrong with it. Give it a shot. You know, you never know. Right. I just feel that when you're just trying to retell the same story, you know, like they yeah, do with the movies, you know, that. when they like when it's like, hey, we're just going to reboot Spider-Man again. And it's like, man, I've uh-huh. seen the Spider-Man origin story so many times now. I don't need to see it again. We all know the Spider-Man origin story. Even if you never read the comic books, even if you've never even held a comic book in your hands, you know, the Spider-Man origin story already. I don't need yeah. to see another actor. Tell me, it. you know, exactly. Uh, just take this thing on, move on. Tell me new stories with this character. Obviously, we all like the brand. We all like the 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 mythos behind the characters and whatnot. Uh, I'm just sick of seeing the same thing retold by a different director's viewpoint or whatever. Yep, I agree. Which is kind of what we're getting in the next story, except for the fact that, once again, it's not something that I'm really familiar with. Uh, and I, But I do enjoy any time that uh, classic literature you know, is, is turned into uh, um, television, movies, things like that. And even though this is not a series of books that I was incredibly uh, uh, familiar with when I was young – but it, I, it it makes me I have related to, you know, like Sherlock Holmes, which, as you know, I'm a huge fan of. Um, and what we're talking about here is that the CW has decided to bring or to order a uh, television series adaptation of the Nancy Drew mysteries from Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage's fake empire and CBS TV studios. So uh, Nancy Drew is, you know, like a famous female teenage detective, kind of like, what was it for us, Encyclopedia Brown or the Hardy Boys, you know? I remember the Hardy Boys. You don't know Encyclopedia Brown? I can't say that I do right off. Oh, man. I mean, I know you're younger than me, but... uh... You need to pick up some Encyclopedia Brown. He was like a he was like the teenage boy Sherlock Holmes, you know. Like he was like his dad. His <coughs> his dad was like a, a small town police detective, police chief, or something like that. And uh, and he was just like a nerdy teenager who you know had his own 
teenager kid detective shop, you know, and he would <laughs> get embroiled in mysteries that were slightly bigger than what he expected. And he always solved them by, you know, very scientific means of deduction. You know, it was very much like a, 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 a kid's Sherlock Holmes. So <laughs> I was never, um, I didn't appreciate fiction books when I was a kid. I thought they were a waste of my time. I always wanted to get the reference books from the library. So <clears throat> our school had a uh, a rule where you had to get one fiction and one nonfiction book. Um, you could get two fiction books, but you couldn't get two nonfiction books, which seemed a little prejudiced to me. Uh, but right. <laughs> I, so what I would do is I'd go and I'd spend, you know, 99% of my time in the library trying to pick out the perfect nonfiction book. And then I would run over to the Hardy Boys shelf because they were all in the same spot. I'd grab a random Hardy Boys and take it with me. Right. And then I'd return I mean, to the I Hardy Boys a- before the end of day that day, and I would take the nonfiction book home. When I was a little kid like that, I was also pretty into. I I really enjoyed uh, you know nonfiction books as well, like autobiographies or or just biographies of like you know people like Wyatt Earp and things like that. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, so I, I I checked a lot of those out like in elementary school. I would read a lot of those from the library as well. Uh, but I definitely recall reading you know Encyclopedia Brown and the occasional Hardy Boys. But I don't ever remember you know reading Nancy Drew. I'm sure it was marketed more towards the girls, you know. Um, but uh, and and apparently they have attempted to um, turn Nancy Drew into television series before. Um, it said, where did I see that at? Um, the studio developed two Nancy Drew series over the past three years, a show called Drew at CBS during the 2015-2016 development season, uh, which went to pilot starring Sarah Shahi and got close to a series order, and Nancy Drew at NBC this past season. So uh, both incarnations were from writers Tony Phelan and Joan Rader and producer Dan Jinks and were conceived as sequels to the books with an adult Nancy Drew as the main character. This show, of course, being on the CW, which always skews towards a younger demographic, uh, is going to be more of a... Um, 18-year-old Nancy Drew. An 18-year-old Nancy Drew, right. So basically, uh, you know, uh, uh, what we were just talking about, a reboot of the, you know, a retelling of what we already know. You know, a, a teenage Nancy Drew, not an adult Nancy Drew. So more along the lines of what the stories themselves were. Um, and the, uh, writer behind this one, and here's the name, Noga, I guess is what it is. Noga Landau, uh, is the writer behind the TV show, The Magicians, uh, is the one who is being tapped to write this Nancy Drew series for the CW. So if you're a fan of detective mysteries or Nancy Drew, uh, or just the CW's programming in general, which I think they've done a pretty good job in the last several years, uh, with, then, uh, you can expect to see, you know, this hopefully, uh, come to series, you know, that's, that's the thing, you know, it's got to go through all the television hoopla. So, um, but, uh, it's definitely got potential, I think. Awesome. All right. The next story we've got here is this is much more down your alley. 
yes, or much is. more up, up your alley. Uh, you mentioned it in the uh, intro to the show, and that is that Alan Wake, the uh, psychological thriller. Is that what you is, is that what you would think it? I guess it would be the yeah the the. Psychological thriller video game for the Xbox 360. Uh, it has been confirmed that Remedy, I, I believe that's the company behind the game, has confirmed that Alan Wake TV series is in the works uh, with Peter Calloway at the helm. Uh, Calloway is behind series uh, like Cloak and Dagger and Legion. And he will be uh, in charge of the new Alan Wake series, uh, along with game creator Sam Lake as executive producer. Uh, filming is reportedly going to start in October with a full pitch and reception audience from numerous studios. So as you can imagine, we're definitely like real early in the process here. Um, they're going to film something in October and basically they'll film the pilot or whatnot and then they will pitch it to the studios and see, you know, who's going to, you know, bid on it or, or who's willing to take it to series. So did you play this game? I did. I mean, it's been a long time ago when it first Mm -hmm. came out, but I did play it. It was a very good game. This game just happened to be, uh, the game that came as a free digital download when i purchased my second 360 like the first 360 i had gotten you know second hand from somebody and then when it red ringed out and i went and had to buy a new 360 for myself uh, uh it came with a free digital copy of alan wake and i never played a game you know i never played games like that like i'm not a horror guy in general as you know when it comes to tv or movies stuff like that so uh it wasn't something i ever would have purchased or bought on my own but it came with the free digital download packaged with the with the console and so i went ahead and downloaded it and played it and it was actually a pretty cool game like uh i found myself pretty uh in uh i don't know intrigued you know involved in in it um it 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 definitely held my attention and it was and it was somewhat difficult uh, as well so um i enjoyed it i thought it was pretty cool i don't know if i'm gonna get behind watching a tv show just because of my affinity for the game but uh that's a possibility it would definitely make me give it a try because I did like the game. So as long as, I mean, obviously I don't want the game as a TV show, you know, need new stuff, but uh, I would definitely, I'd definitely watch it just to try it. Why not? You know? Yeah. It says the game came back, came out back in uh, 2010. So that was eight years ago. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> it has definitely been a while. So, yeah. So that's all we really know about that. I mean, like I said, it's still really early in the process. So, uh, but it sounds pretty cool. Awesome. And next on the list is casting news. So we've got some casting news here. Jesse brought one up as well, so I added that to the end of the list here. Uh, the first thing we'll talk about is casting at the CW. And every year, the uh, crossover event in the uh, uh, the. Arrowverse, you know, is a huge deal. The crossover between <laughs> wow. Flash. I think Sean just opened up crossover every this one of his yeah. tabs at once because <laughs> your internet is suffering. <laughs> 
No, no, I didn't. I, all I did was click on the article in the show notes. Oh, Can you hear okay. me? Yeah, you're good now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, what I was saying was that I had just uh, I had just read this morning as well that the cast of the Legends of Tomorrow uh, are not being included in the cross year. So that's a little odd. But they said they're not uh, they're not offended by it or anything, and that their show is a little different than the rest of the shows, and you know takes place outside of time and things like that. So uh, it, it does make sense that sometimes they may be unavailable. Um, so, uh, uh, but the crossover event is a huge deal every year. You and I have already discussed previously that they were going to uh, bring in Batwoman, uh, or was it or Batgirl, right? Um, uh, this year in the crossover, and they uh, we had gone over the casting news for that. Well, they've also announced that part of the crossover will include Lois Lane being played for the first time in the Arrowverse on the CW. And so we have some casting news in regards to who will be playing Lois Lane. And the actress tapped to play that role will be Elizabeth Tulloch, who was most recently on the TV series Grimm on NBC for like six or seven seasons. Uh, yeah, six season run on, on Grimm, which I watched Grimm. I thought that was a pretty cool show. Uh, it was always one of those shows that fell by the wayside and I'd always have to like pick up the last, you know, 10 episodes or so after the, after the season was over because, you know, I it, it had backed up on my TiVo, but it was a, it was a fairly well done show. And I liked the whole mythology behind, you know, the fairy tales and, or not fairy tales, but the, uh, you know, myths and legends and things like that, that they, that they talked about. I love that show. Did you like Grimm? Yeah, okay. I love that show. <clears throat> So you recognize this actress? She I do. was the she was the guy's wife on uh, on, on Grimm, and she will be playing Lois Lane. I think she's good for the for the role. I think she's I think she's pretty good cast. Um, you know, uh, who played uh, who played the role? It was uh, Erica Durant on Smallville, uh, and uh, uh, Terry Hatcher in in. Lois and Clark when we were kids. I think she I think she fits the the stereotypical. Uh, picture of Lois Lane, don't you? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, and then Amy Adams has most recently portrayed Lois Lane in the DC Extended Universe. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there is. I don't know if there is a Lois Lane. You know, I mean, right? It's kind of a. I she's an important character, but it's just like there, there's no one part of her that is iconic. You know, like, um, oh, what's his name? Jimmy. Jimmy Olsen. Sure. Jimmy Olsen has to be a redhead. Because Jimmy Olsen's always a redhead, right? Is he? I don't know. I I don't think he was. I don't think he was a redhead on Smallville, and he's a black guy on Supergirl. See, in the comics, Jimmy Olsen is always a redhead. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the character is, I know. I feel like Lois Lane is always a brunette. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's just the way yeah, I, I see her in I'm my head. Sure. I guess. But, I guess it's uh, everybody has their own thing they latch on to. I don't know, but I mean, obviously they're willing to change Jimmy Olsen, right? You know, so it's like, well, if you don't have any one feature that's just has to be your thing, then obviously people can change it around however they want. Right. 
So, all right. Well, in addition to Lois Lane being cast in the CW Arrowverse, they also announced another cast uh, casting or made another casting announcement uh, as part of the crossover, and that is for the role of Nora Freeze. Nora Freeze is obviously the wife of uh, uh, supervillain Dr. Freeze, and that will be played by Cassandra Jean Amell. And as you can tell by the last name, she is the wife of Arrow himself, Stephen Amell. So uh, she doesn't have nearly the pedigree that, uh, you know, the gal from Grimm has in regards to, you know, television roles like this. Uh, she was uh, she she started apparently uh, on America's Next Top Model and her TV credits include guest starring roles on One Tree Hill and Heart of Dixie on the CW, as well as Mad Men, which was a great show, uh, and multiple projects for Anthony Zwicker. Um, so that's about all she's done on television, as far as this uh, deadline article puts it. But uh, she will be playing Nora Freeze in the in the crossover. Um, so I, you know. Threw that on there as well, even though the Lois Lane announcement's a little more important in my opinion. You know, much larger role in the in the CW or in the uh, DC universe than Nora Freeze, really. Hmm. Okay, I noticed mine's last. I, I don't think I didn't notice that. Well, yeah, it's because you didn't even bother to put it in the show notes. I'm the one who went ahead and typed it in. Yes, you did. So I'll let you talk about it. <laughs> so the final bit of casting announcement comes from HBO, and they have announced that Westworld Season 3 will feature the addition of a new regular cast member, and that regular cast member will be Aaron Paul, the uh, award-winning actor from Breaking Bad, um, will be the new addition to Westworld Season 3. So they have been uh, tight-lipped on the character. Uh, other than to say it will be a series regular. So other than that, we really don't have any other information about this uh, other than Aaron Paul's been cast. So I like Aaron Paul. I noticed that in the Deadline article <clears throat> where they mention all of the things that he's done, they don't mention that he is the voice on – one of the voices on on BoJack Horseman. Is he? Yeah. Huh, that's cool. I don't I don't watch that show but that I mean that would make me maybe pick up that show. Yeah. Yeah, he's Bojack's like weird stoner uh uh I don't want to call him a loser, like a directionless friend. <laughs> um so yeah, yeah. And he's and he's he does great on there. He does great on as the voice on there. So um I like Aaron yeah, Paul a lot. He's a good actor. Yeah, yeah, so. he's a cool actor. Uh, uh, and and Westworld. I mean, I, I at this point I just give them you know uh, um, carte blanche. I guess you know if you if they say this is the guy to play the role, then it must be the guy to play the role. Because I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on in that. Show, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. <laughs> that's very true. Uh, that's very true. Here, here's your briefcase full of money. Why don't you go and make more money? If I if 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 I were to watch the show and feel like, oh, that guy's not like, if if I felt he was doing a bad job, 
I wouldn't feel like he was doing a bad job. I'd feel like I wasn't understanding something about the show. You know what I mean? I don't like, like it. And this just, is my fault. <laughs> they could, right, right. They could put like a whole bunch of terrible actors up there and I would just be like, this is all my fault, isn't it? I don't understand something. This show is so comp. It's just like you felt the same way or I did like when, when Lost was on. You know, like you, they could have, they could have done anything on Lost. They did. They had a freaking polar bear on an island. You know, it's a tropical island with a polar bear, and you're sitting there for like a year, going, "Why the hell is there a polar bear on a tropical island? I must be stupid. I'm missing something here." And no, it's not. It's because they're just ri- ridiculous. You know, uh, and 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 Westworld could do the same thing. They could just cast Muppets, and I would be like, "I don't know what's going on, and this is all my fault. I missed something here." Hmm. That's awesome. I like that. <laughs> All right. The final story I've got for you is not so good news, at least for somebody like me who was a big fan of this show. And it's just been plagued with nothing but troubles. And that was American Gods on Stars. So they did one season, uh, which did you did you watch it? I don't remember. No, I haven't. Should I watch this? I mean, I don't know at this point because it looks like who knows whether the show is is going to come back for more than a second season at this point. I have no idea. It might just be a waste of your time, you know. So obviously American Gods, the novel by Neil Gaiman, is an amazing novel. Uh, fantastic story. I recommend anyone out there pick it up and read it or listen to the audible version of it. It's, it's a fantastically well done story. And Stars had the rights or got the rights to produce the television series uh, based on the Gaiman uh, on Gaiman's novel. And season one came out. I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Had lots of stars in it, specifically Ian McShane, you know, one of you know uh, one of our favorite actors from Deadwood. Um, and since season one, it has been plagued with nothing but issues. And those issues, it, this is one of those shows that has just gone through showrunner after showrunner after showrunner. So apparently. Uh, there's been lots of rumors and things like that that say that Neil Gaiman wasn't incredibly pleased with how season one turned out overall and that um, the original showrunners, Michael Green and Brian Fuller, were pushed out and replaced by Jesse Alexander. Well, they've gone through production of season two at this point. And apparently, according to this Hollywood Reporter article, um, Alexander was pushed out about a month ago, and he was – they're calling it fired but not fired. He's basically been asked to step aside. He's not been fired, but he's not allowed in the editing room. Apparently, he turned in multiple scripts for the finale of the episode, and the network has turned them all down. Um, As you can imagine, you know, this is one of those creative differences kind of – uh, situations. So uh, the whole – at this point, I guess the the completion of season two is 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 even up in the air uh, in regards to whether or not how the how the finale is going to to pan out. So I don't I don't even know that that's I I, I don't this doesn't bode well you know and that's why i would say i don't even know if it's worth your time watching the show because if season 2 even does come out here then i cannot imagine that it's going to be that great 
you know, like with all of this crap going on and like the, if, if they're pushing him out before the finale, they're clearly not happy. Uh, with the way the season has gone, uh, in at least one of the articles I read on this this morning, they said that there were rumors that the season that, that uh, several sources had had stated that the uh, the episodes looked cheap or cheaply cheaply produced, um, which is not good for you know a premium cable network trying to compete with people like, you know, with companies like HBO, you know, I know stars isn't huge, but you know, if you're going to put out something like this, you need to compete with Westworld and game of Thrones and things like that. So, um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned because this was a show. If you recall that I was super excited for, for it coming out, you know, uh, I went and, and, and listened to the audio book, you know, right before they debuted the show on television. So I could have it all fresh in my, in my, in my memory and everything. And, uh, and, and nah, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed, I guess. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, I might, I might watch it. I might watch it just to watch it. You know, I, I, I really like, uh, oh gosh. Ian McShane. I'm looking right at his right. face. <laughs> and the premise, I, I haven't actually ever read the novel, but the premise sounds awesome. Oh, it's I great. actually just put the, uh, I just got the uh, Audible book version. Um, yeah, that's what I listened to. Now, when you listen to it, let me ask you this. Uh, did you listen to the full cast production or the TV tie-in one? Oh, I listened to the full cast production. Okay, good. That's the one I got. Yeah. Okay. Good. Goody goody. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the one I listened to, and I preferred that one because it also came with like a uh, like an afterword by Neil Gaiman, where he explained that like this book has like several variations or incarnations or edits, you know, that he has done and things like that. And that this one in particular, you know, that particular cast full cast production is like his preferred manuscript, you know, uh, it includes the, it includes things that may not have been in the original or, or were that he didn't feel should have been and things like that. And he has a whole afterward explaining all of it. And I, I, and so I, I appreciated that version more. Um, it says here in this article that production on the series, uh, w- which is six weeks behind and was recently forced to go on hiatus, is in disarray. And cast members have not even received copies of the script for the season two finale because, as one source put it, there is no script. Another source says it's possible the crews received a far from finished version of the finale script, but whatever has been partially distributed is almost guaranteed to go through extensive changes. Instead of shooting the season finale, which should have been in production already, American Gods has been filming pickups and reshoots of earlier episodes. So, I mean, that is not that does not bode well. And I feel like, again, even if they manage to get a season two out, what does this what does this, uh, you know, bode for season three, you know, uh, are they even going to be able to pull a season three together at this point? Yeah, that's a little, a little worrying. And what I don't understand is that like, you're talking about building a TV show based on an, an already written body of work, you know, and Neil Gaiman is at least partially, uh, you know, uh, uh, working with the show. So you've got the original author, 
and the manuscript that he wrote right there in front of you, like how much creative differences can there be? I understand that you want to change things and make things, you know, better suited for television, but you know, what the hell are you guys doing that you can't even put together a finale? I just don't understand it. Yep. That does it for TV news. All right. Well, uh, let's see. We will move on. Tech news. And uh, this you can probably just tune out for a minute here. <laughs> so, yeah, Apple had their September event during our uh, little break there. Um, three, Really, truly, there's three, maybe four things to talk about. So I'm going to roll through them relatively quick because at this point they've been out for a week. Most people know them or they're actually buying them at this point. Uh, first thing, the biggest part of it was the iPhone 10s and 10s Max. Not a fan of the naming convention, kind of confusing, but okay. Um, so basically with you know iPhone, Roman numeral 10s. So you can either call it the 10s, the tennis, <laughs> or if you're one of those people that likes nails on a chalkboard and continuously calls it the iPhone X, it is the iPhone XS, which is obvious from its price tag. <laughs> so the 10S is basically the same size as the original 10. Um, uh, let's see here. It is a 5.8 inch screen as OLED. Um, I put a whole bunch of notes on my laptop and forgot to transfer them to my desktop, so that's okay. It has the new A12 Bionic and, uh, chip and a next-generation neural engine, which is supposed to make it a hell of a lot faster. It's kind of cool. Uh, dual cameras on the back, 12 megapixels on each of them, and they are... Um, one of them is a wide angle, one of them is telephoto. You know, so that's... Uh, I mean, that's basically what the old one uh, had as far as, you know, had one wide, one telephoto to allow it to take those portrait mode shots where you kind of blur out your background with some nice bokeh, stuff like that. Um, trying to bring up the actual specs page here. That's what I'm looking for, Apple. Thank you very much. They will come in three capacities. Uh, I'm still kind of bummed about the capacity tiers but oh well um so it's 64 gigabytes 256 gigabytes or 512 gigabytes i don't like that there's not a 128 that's like perfect for me i'm yeah it's it's hard to move up to 256 when you just don't need it um super retina hd display like i said 5.8 inches diagonal multi-touch it's hdr with a pixel density of 458 pixels per inch that's one hell of a pixel density. That is a hell of a pixel density. <laughs> um, it's rated IP68. That means it can be in a maximum depth of two meters uh, of water for up to 30 minutes. That's pretty decent, actually. I mean, when you're thinking about it, it's 30 minutes, you drop your you drop your uh, phone in the deep end of the pool, and as long as you get it within five or six minutes, nothing happens. You know, So that's kind of cool. Uh, the wide-angle camera has an f1.8 aperture. The telephoto is an f2.4, so your low light's going to be pretty decent on those. 
uh, 2x optical zoom and a digital zoom of up to 10x. So that means that the, the wide angle to the telephoto is about a 2x optical zoom. Uh, the, one of the really cool features they showed was uh, once you take a photo, you can actually, after the fact, you can change the depth of field. That's what parts of the image are blurry, what parts of the image are in focus, things like that. That's really interesting for any photographers out there uh, because that kind of technology, while we <clears throat> have seen it before, it has always been prohibitively expensive. So it's essentially uh, allowing you to change the focus after you've taken the photo? Uh, not the focus because if you focus on somebody's face and take the photo you can't change what point you focused at but the depth of field is how far away from the camera or how close to the camera things are in focus so a very deep big depth of field means that if i take a picture of you you'll be in focus everything behind you will be in focus i'll be able to see to everything it'll be a very flat image um but then if I take it down and I make it a shallow depth of field, your face will be in focus. But then maybe the back of your ears start to go out of focus. And then the background is completely blurry. Hmm. You know, so that's your depth of field. Okay. Um, it, it will allow you to change that. That It's really cool looking when they show it. Uh, and it's after the fact. So it's after you've taken the image, you can change that around. That's pretty interesting, especially for the photographers out there. Uh, it'll be it'll be nice to see what people can do with this camera. Uh, see, dual optical image stabilization. That's a big one. Gotta love that optical image uh, image stabilization, meaning that it's physically stabilizing your movements in ca in the camera itself. So that's cool. Uh, let's see here. Video recording, uh, 4K video at 24, 30, or 60 frames per second. Uh, 1080p at 30 or 60, and 720p at 30. So that's, that's not bad. Slow motion uh, video support is 1080p at 120 or 240 uh, frames per second. So that's that's nice. That's a decently all-round uh, camera package. The true depth camera that's on the front, that's the one that senses your face, uh, 7 megapixels and... You can record 1080 HD video at 30 or 60 frames per second. Uh, so that's that's cool. I, I don't record video through my selfie camera very often, but oh well. Uh, obviously still has all the Animojis and all that stuff. Uh, it has uh, Face ID, obviously, just like the old one. It's available on pretty much every carrier, AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, and Verizon. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that was like really crazy on it. I mean, it is basically just an upgrade to the iPhone 10. Um, they do say that it lasts 30 minutes longer on its battery than the iPhone 10. Um, it has stereo sound coming off the phone itself. Now, um, supposedly really good stereo sound where you can actually hear things moving in videos. That's going to be pretty nice. Um, yeah. So, It'll have uh, iOS 12 on it when it comes out. Oh, this is interesting. Um, they are technically dual SIM micro or dual SIM phones. Uh, the one in China is actually a dual SIM phone. It physically takes two SIM cards. Uh, the one in the U.S. and pretty much everywhere else is one regular SIM card and one eSIM that's built into the phone. Uh, e-SIMs are available on several different carriers. I think it only works in like nine countries. 
but they've built and built into iPads for a very long time, um, allowing you to basically subscribe and unsubscribe to cell phone carriers on the device and you know not having to install any cards or fiddly bits or anything like that. All right. Um, then the next version is the XS Max. <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm not not a not a huge fan of the naming convention. Uh, the big differences on that one, obviously, it's bigger. Uh, the screen, instead of being 5.8 inches, it's 6.5 inches. This thing is massive. Keeps the same pixel density, so lots of pixels. <laughs> uh, same chip, same cameras, same video stuff, same front camera, so on, such forth, blah, blah, blah. It's bigger. That's really the only big difference. Ha <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> so, yeah. <clears throat> All right, let's see. Next is the iPhone XR. I don't know what the R stands for, and you know what? You probably don't either, so I, I don't. Like I said, I don't. Why would I know? I don't really get the naming that well. I wish so, I wish they would have explained that a little bit better. Um, the 10R number one, kind of cool, comes in colors. <laughs> so you have a product red, red version. You have a yellow, a white, coral, black, and blue. Um, you do trade out instead of having a stainless steel uh, ring around the phone like you do on the iPhone XS and XS Max. You get an aluminum ring around the phone. Uh, You get a 6.1 inch, uh, what they are calling liquid retina display. It is an LCD panel, not an OLED panel like in the uh, the the regular 10 phones. Uh, This one, ironically, I don't understand why, comes in capacities of 64 one frickin' 28 and 256. Why'd you leave the 128 on the R? I don't want the R. I'm just trying to weasel more money out of me, Apple. I know it. I know it. Anyway, pixel density on this one is 326 pixels per inch. Um, nah. So it's a true tone display. changes colors with the light around you. Uh, let's see, IP67 water resistance. That's one meter of water for up to 30 minutes instead of the two meters. Uh, so if you're clumsy and live by a pool, maybe upgrade. I don't know. Uh, same chip as the X, as the 10s. I almost did it. <laughs> as the 10s and 10s Max. It has one camera, and that is a 12 megapixel wide angle camera with a 1.8 aperture. Uh, so they, they get rid of the telephoto lens on the camera. However, you can still change, and I'm, I, they're doing this in software, and it's really cool. You can still change the depth of field, even with one camera. So that's kind of neat uh, that they're allowing this phone to have that feature. Uh, let's see, 4K video recording at 24, 30, and 60 frames per second, uh, 1080p at 30 and 60, and 720 at 30. Uh, the slow-mo is the same, 1080 at 120 and 240. So, and then now this, the entry-level iPhone has, well, basically, the the entry-level iPhone 10 has a true-depth camera. So it's got the face unlock, the face ID, 
um, depth sensing front camera. So you get those animojis and emojis, which everyone loves so much. Uh, if you're on T-Mobile, this is actually one of the phones, one of the first phones to take advantage of the 600 megahertz spectrum for T-Mobile too, if that's available in your area. Uh, so it must, it will probably be relatively fast. Uh, pricing on these new, uh, pretty little slabs of electronics. Uh, see here, the iPhone 10 R. I'm just going to go through and price one of these real quick. Ooh, well, we'll get, we'll get Coral because Coral looks awesome. Uh, the 64 gigabyte version is going to run you $749. 128 is going to run you eight, you know, 799, and the 256 is going to run you 899. I mean, that's not bad. I mean, it's on par with all the rest of the phones, and at the 64 gig mark, it's you know on par with majority of the flagship phones out there at 750 bucks. So um, the iPhone 10s and 10s Max, those are a little different. It was a little bit more expensive. <laughs> um, the 10S will start at $1,000. And then the 10S Max starts at $1,100. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> um, you're going to run out and buy one of these, obviously. So yeah. let, me, uh, let me tell you what you can get if you're willing to say money is no object. Oh, please do. All right, so we're going to buy it unlocked in gold because if money's no object, obviously you're buying the gold color. Duh. And then obviously you're going for the max of 200 or 512 gigabytes, and that will take that will take only this uh, little pid, little pinch out of your wallet. $1,449. <laughs> Chump change. Chump change. It is 15 almost $1500 for the maxed out one. Um yeah, wow. And I complained about phones hitting the $1,000 mark. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's, that's. I mean, those are the phones. They were interesting, but nothing that just melted your face. You know what I mean? Um, however, the thing that I did, find, did see that blew me away is the third thing we want to talk about, and that is the... Apple Watch Series 4. Uh, this thing is kind, honestly kind of amazing. Um, I'm, I was very surprised with how much they were able to fit into it. So it's got a, a new screen on it that kind of, it's, the screen itself is actually bigger. It's rounded on the corners, things like that. The watch itself physically is more rounded on the corners and kind of gets out of your way a little bit more. Um, it has the ability to take an uh, EKG off of it, which is really cool. That's the uh, electrocardiogram. So basically using the electrical impulses from your um, heart, it will tell you exactly what your heartbeat is doing. So that was the first feature that really like rocked my world. Um, there were stuff there was stuff announced before that, but that one was just like, wow. Because not only is it uh, endorsed by the American Heart Association, it's approved by the FDA. Uh, for people with heart conditions, this is fantastic. Because now you can get an EKG reading on your watch at any time, package it up to a PDF, and send it to your doctor. 
and your doctor can say, yeah, you need to come in or no, you're looking okay. Or, you know, we need to get a, you know, get a a more thorough reading or whatever. Um, also it will detect, you know, my, my Apple watch, for instance, is series one. I'm way behind the times, but it detects when I'm at rest and my heart rate goes up. Honestly, typically it's because I'm watching a movie and I, I get into my movies and my heart rate goes up. <laughs> but now the Apple Watch Series 4 will also be able to tell you the other extreme. When your heart rate gets too low, it kind of keeps track of what your heart rate is and creates its own what is normal. And then when it gets too low, it'll go ding and you know warn you. So you, you can maybe do an EKG and see what the deal is. Uh, this goes a long way to helping people with uh, chances of AFib or afibulation to kind of head it off at the past to catch it before it becomes a problem, things like that. I, I mean, this is, this is fantastic. I love having this kind of information at your fingertips because for someone like me who absolutely loathes going to the doctor in every way, shape, or form, this makes it much easier to know, you know, that felt weird in my chest. What is that? And it's, it turns out that I had a gas bubble, you know. Um, <clears throat> also, another thing it does, this is really cool for anyone who has parents that are uh, getting up there in years or anyone who's clumsy, really. Uh, it's called fall detection. And the watch is actually able to detect when you fall. And then when that happens, it'll actually pop up and it will say, you know, if you've if you've fallen, can you, you know, do you need a, mer- a medical assistance at all? And then, you know, if um, uh, if you fall and you need EMS, it'll ask you, know, do you need EMS? You slide yes or no or whatever. Um, and if you fall and are immobile for more than a minute, it will automatically call EMS, which is awesome i mean haven't we had this for years and years with like the emergency medical alert system you know help i've fallen and i can't get up yeah but you always had to buy it and then subscribe to it so this is something that a lot of people are wearing anyway and it does it automatically you don't actually have to push the button so i mean that's pretty cool man well see i've i i'm i don't know I'm concerned. Like, how does it know that I've fallen and I'm specifically injured as opposed to purposefully fallen? I <laughs> don't think you, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what, what if situation. I'm just, what if I'm just wrestling with my kids, you know, well, no, uh, see, no, it's different. It you knows know what I mean? The difference. It doesn't, how, know. Do, how does it know the difference? Is it omniscient? No, it's like, it's using a lot of different accelerometers. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. I don't I don't and like it, this. And it knows like basically it knows what kind of motions it would be going through if you were if you had fallen. You know. Oh, so now basically I'm wearing an iWatch or with where I'm talking about a watch, right? Yeah, it's an Apple Watch. Okay, so now I'm so now I'm wearing an Apple Watch that can like basically tell what I'm doing based off of all these different accelerometers. It's like, "Oh, he's walking his dog right now." Nope. Oh, he's jumping on a trampoline right now. You know, oh, he's what, you know, oh, now he's fallen and he can't get up. Like that I don't now I he's find in that the bathroom masturbating. I find <laughs> right, I find that creepy and weird and yeah. very big brother-esque. 
and I don't like it. <laughs> I'll leave it to you. <laughs> uh, I don't. I think it's fantastic. Screw you, Sean. So, uh, also, they moved the speaker and the microphone to different sides of the watch, so it should make phone calls much easier. Uh, 50% louder speaker. Uh, faster, I believe it's a faster processor. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks, it looks pretty amazing. They did mention that, uh, let me find, I wish I, I wish they had a text sheet for this. They, it doesn't seem like they do. Um, but I believe that they mentioned the back being made of different materials here. Um, next generation S4 chip is, uh, what it's using to do all this goodies. Uh, yeah, here we go. The back of the Apple Watch Series 4 is composed of a gorgeous black ceramic and sapphire crystal, which allows radio waves to pass through the front and the back of the watch if you're doing a cellular thing. For people like me who sweat a lot, it actually means the watch will probably last longer because my Series 1, the sweat from my wrist actually eats away at the aluminum. That's gross. Well. I'm one of those people. That, uh, there are a lot of people like me out there that their sweat is... Caustic? Chem- <laughs> well, I would think it chemically it interacts with metal. So I'm not sure what... I would love to know what that is, but every almost every male in my family for sure has it. Like my dad has to buy watches constantly because his get eaten away. So, I mean, you know, don't... Don't F with me, Sean, or I'll flick my sweat on you. You're <laughs> like, like a fucking you're alien. You're like an X-Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Zeitgeist from Deadpool 2, except for I don't puke acid. I sweat it. <laughs> but that, it'll it'll help out people who have that issue. You know, that'll be nice. It will probably be also a little bit more comfortable, I would think. So, uh, Let's see here. If there was anything else. Um... Oh, it does. It does come in different sizes now. So there, it's the uh, all the way up to the series three. The sizes were thirty-eight millimeter and forty-two millimeter. It has changed now to be. Um, let's see, it was forty millimeters and forty-four millimeters. So if you uh, if you have one of the older ones, you might. I mean, you could pre-order, I guess, if you just know which one you want. Or you might want to wait and see if you have the current 42 millimeter. If maybe the 40 millimeter would be enough, and you could wear a smaller watch. I don't know. Be interesting to see. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be cool. Uh, the Series Four with GPS starts at 399. The GPS and cellular starts at 499, and then the Series Three. Uh, will be available now from now on as two seventy nine, so that'll make it even easier for people to buy it. And the Series Three was the first one that came with cellular. Um, obviously, the cellular version is probably going to be three seventy nine instead of two seventy nine. But this does get people into Apple Watch a lot cheaper than uh, before. A really good Apple Watch. Uh, these uh, all this stuff should be able to uh, sh- or should come out. In sept on September twenty first, you can pre order now 
uh, except for the iPhone XR. Uh, the iPhone XR does come out a little later. Let me see if I can find a date here. It's on my show notes. I just have to bring them back up again. Damn it, Sean. Why'd you let me close that? All right, so the 10R will be uh, available. Let's see, you can start pre-ordering on October 19th, and and then you will receive it on October 26th. About a month. I'm not sure what the difference is in those, like where's where the holdup is, but who knows. All right, I'm done, Sean. Oh, thank un- God. Unplug your, unplug your ears from your Apple-hatedness. Um, now, I don't, we don't necessarily need to cover each of these stories in this next one, but uh, since, we talk about, since we talked about the, uh, the rise of Apple, how about we talk a little bit about the fall of Alex Jones? Uh, and this is the, the political part that I was talking about. Because you can't say the name Alex Jones without automatically being political. Um, so his apps have not only been banned from Apple's app store, um, he has been banned from Facebook, he's been banned from YouTube, uh, and now he has been banned from Twitter. Now, Sweet. It, what, what are your first impressions? Do you, I mean, do you know who Alex Jones is and what? Oh, like, I'm well aware of who Alex Jones <laughs> is. Okay. All right. Um, I have no problem with this. I don't care. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad we're kind of on the same page. Um, so Alex Jones actually is basically, how would you describe him? Like, I mean, he's a very angry man, number one. I would describe him as embodying absolutely everything that is wrong with the world. Okay. Like he is just the most disgusting example of a human being I could possibly imagine. He's an oxygen thief, is what you're trying to say, right? <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, basically, he's a I don't know a podcast personality because he's he doesn't do any actual like he doesn't really do much news. Yeah, it's none of none of what he talks about is news. Yeah, because so. news, uh, you know, news uh, uh, implies truth or reality wow so yeah so you know he uh he was one of the major proponents of saying that sandy hook was a uh shadow operation and that all the children that or all the parents of children that were supposedly killed were actors and things like that and i he's a conspiracy theorist for sure conspiracy theorist is putting it lightly (laughs) i mean the lizard people. <laughs> he is he is the worst of of all conspiracy theorists. I mean, every conspiracy theory that we make fun of on this show, he probably, you know, or at least pretends to wholeheartedly believe. And that's what's even more disgusting about him is that it's all just a fucking act, you know. Uh, and <clears throat> it 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 was reported, you know, all of this came out a lot during his divorce proceedings and whatnot, where uh, or or I guess you could say it's not an act because his wife insisted that all of this stuff is, you know, that he's just putting on a show for his fans and he knows that he's bilking them for millions of dollars and that all of this stuff is just uh, uh, f- uh, um, inciting 
anger and 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 all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but during his divorce proceedings, he refused to acknowledge any of that, you know, uh, uh, and and insisted that everything he says is is the truth. And 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 in, basically, if I remember correctly, it, it it resulted in him losing custody of his children, you know, because he was unwilling to give up the character that he portrays on TV, you know. Um, and that's just, or, or on the radio or on his podcast or whatever form of the info wars that you're listening to or whatever. Okay. So do you think, uh, obviously you think Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all, and Apple were all justified in banning him. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So his, obviously his defense is going to be free speech. So how do you, okay. How do you figure you get around that? How how is well, this I mean, not stifling free speech? Free speech? But, 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 Facebook and YouTube and Spotify, like these are all company. These are all businesses. Like they're, they're all companies that have the right to run their business the way they run around their business. Do you have freedom of speech? That doesn't mean that Facebook must give you a platform to speak your mind. Like, you know, if you uh, – there's no law saying that Alex Jones – I mean he can have his own info. No one's taking down the InfoWars website. You know, if he wants a social media platform to spout his bullshit, create your own. You know, there's nothing out there that says that Apple and Facebook and YouTube and all these other companies need to give you a platform. Uh, that's not what freedom of speech is. I'm so glad we agree on this. <laughs> I – I uh, I figured we would, but there was always that chance. Um, so yes, I agree completely. When it uh, the free the First Amendment, the freedom of speech protects your free speech against the government. It does not protect it against companies. I mean, because like yeah. Sean said, these are businesses. It, if Walmart doesn't, doesn't like the way you dress, you. they'll show you the door. And it doesn't protect you against the consequences of your speech. Exactly. Every time, every time somebody says something asinine on Fox News or or on you know the on either side, uh, to be completely fair, uh, you know the the first reaction, and then something bad happens. You know, somebody says something asinine or does something uh, uh, disgusting, and and then that television show uh, you know lose begins losing sponsors, and then everyone you know like with the Roseanne Barr thing, you know. Uh, uh, they, and then, and then the you know, the star gets fired or whatever, and then everyone comes to their defense and claims, you know, well, freedom of speech. Why, you know, they have the right to say these things, and it's like, yes, they have the right to say these things, but they don't have like freedom from the consequences of that speech. And if you say something, you have the right to say whatever you want to say, but if it angers that many people and gets that many people up in arms and disgusted over it, then you have absolutely every right to be fired for it. You know, you have have the uh, uh, the right to walk into a theater, uh, you know, like to, to use like the old cliche or whatever, like, you, you know, like you can yell a uh, 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 fire in a crowded theater. Um, that's your freedom to do that. But you have no freedom from the consequences of doing that. Uh, um if it was unnecessary, you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. if you do, if you do that and it was the right thing to do, you're a hero. If you do it and it was at the wrong time, you can do it, but you are probably going to be arrested, you know? Yep. Um, so it's not, uh, it's not a question of free speech. I agree completely. Goody. <laughs> 
So yeah, um, you know, he's he's been pretty much cut down to size. And on his program, he did say, "The more I'm persecuted, the stronger I get." Well, no. <laughs> so his uh, traffic to all of his different uh, platforms has basically been cut in half, I believe. Um, <clears throat> so let's see. Uh, in the three weeks before, and this comes from the New York Times, uh, three weeks before the August 6th bans, InfoWars had a daily average of nearly 1.4 million visits to his website and views of videos posted on his uh, main YouTube and Facebook pages. Um, in three in the three weeks after, and this is before Twitter, but the three weeks after, that went down to 715,000. So, no, Alex, that's not the way it works. Sorry, buddy, but you're just too angry of a dude. I mean, he's just a blatant liar. He's just that's a purveyor, true. just a blatant purveyor of false information. Yeah, that too. Oh, well, what are you going to do? So, from the uh, from the low times of Alex Jones to the high times of Elon Musk. Um, Tesla's uh, CEO went on the Joe Rogan podcast, talked about some amazing things, by the way. Uh, If you haven't listened to the episode, I am not a Joe Rogan fan. Um, I think what he does is absolutely fantastic and needs to keep doing it. But it just doesn't, I've just never gotten really into his show. Um, However, I am a huge Elon Musk fan, so I had to listen to the Elon Musk interview. And during- I mean, as you know, I don't like I don't like listen to a whole lot of po- I, I used to listen to a lot of podcasts and I listened to uh, several episodes of, of Rogan's show and I, I enjoy uh, his show. I really have never been a huge Joe Rogan fan, but I've always gravitated and seen and enjoyed like little bits of like everything that he's done. Like even if it was like hosting Fear Factor, like I remember watching Fear Factor when it was on TV and enjoying it when it first came out. And and his podcast was one of the first podcasts that I listened to along with Kevin Smith's stuff. Um, and uh, and even going all the way back to when he was on news radio. Come on, that was a great TV show, you know. Uh, so I, I feel like uh, Joe Rogan's one of those dudes. And 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 then even the UFC like I was a big UFC fan for a while too. And, uh, and, and he's a, a commentator for the UFC and everything. So, um, you know, I enjoy a lot of his stuff and I think the idea of him hanging out with Elon Musk is absolutely awesome. I had no idea this took place. So oh, yeah. this is, this is super cool. Definitely listen to it. It's, it's fantastic. And some of the stuff they talk about is, uh, amazing. Um, really great insight. Uh, just in general, not even like tech insight. One of my favorite things they talked about was, uh, Oh man, Elon was talking about happiness and how to how to kind of be happy. And um, let's see, it was trying to think. Okay, um, there there was a quote that he did that was uh, happiness equals reality minus expectations. And, you know, that's, that's very, um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that wasn't, that's not an Elon quote, but the fact that, you know, one of the, I would, what I would consider one of the 
biggest innovators of our time, at least a you know gr- one of the big idea men, can see that kind of stuff and explains it. You know how he kind of balances everything out and things like that. It's a very interesting episode because of stuff like that. Um, and part of and apparently episode, he smokes a joint the whole time or something. <laughs> yeah, well, he definitely uh, lights himself up a nice spliff while he's uh, you know they they smoke they smoke some weed while they're doing it. <laughs> this picture of him in the article is, is hilarious. Awesome. I love I love so there were so many memes that came out, just absolutely <laughs> amazing memes. Uh. As soon as I heard that he did this, I'm like, I had two different feelings. I'm like, holy shit, I'm glad I don't own stock in Tesla. Because <laughs> <laughs> it did take a hell of a hit. Uh, and then the other part of me is like, fucking right, dude. Just do it. You know? Uh, I mean, he's always one, been one of those dudes who just not? does whatever the hell he wants to yeah, do. I, I, mean, I mean, one one joint is not going to make Elon Musk run tesla into the goddamn ground all right i that's just the way it works so the fact that he was just was like yeah i mean awesome actually makes me love elon musk and tesla even more you know i mean if this guy is willing to do this in a public forum it's like man rock on elon this is why i'm glad we're friends you know, I mean, right. all of you know, me and Elon, we go way back. Um, so <laughs> I don't think this was a direct result of this. However, it did happen uh, also in the, the article for the show notes. Uh, the chief accounting officer, Dave Morton for Tesla, has uh, left. <laughs> um, there was another one. Let's see here. Uh, another executive. Yeah. Uh, uh, HR chief Gabby go. Toledano has confirmed that she hung up her boots at Tesla. Yeah. Telling Bloomberg she was extending her leave of absence by making it a permanent thing. So I think the speed of the company in general is just too much for some people. Um, this is what the uh, Dave Morton had said. Um, you know, uh, let's see here. Since I joined Tesla on August 6th, the level of public attention placed on the company as well as the pace within the company have exceeded my expectations. As a result, this caused me to reconsider my future. So I think it's just too much spotlight and too much speed for people. And this looks like Elon is trying to slow things down a little bit. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think it's this kind of stuff where I think I think by them saying the pace of the company is them saying like we can't keep up with him. You know what I mean? Like I think <laughs> – like he just like you said he just doesn't he just doesn't give a shit like he does what he wants to do and he's got the money to do it and if he says we're going to do it in this amount of time then we're going to do it in this amount of time and and some people can't handle that kind of business yeah, but that's what you have to do i mean if you're going that's against, what it takes to be an innovator yeah exactly exactly <laughs> you know uh, all of the big innovators of our time uh, that's what they had to do they have a vision. They know it can be done. They just have to find the people that are willing to make it happen. So, very cool. Um, super happy about that. And like I said, if you haven't listened to the episode, definitely go listen to it. It is a fantastic ride to work for sure. Okay, last one. And I'm going to try not to get too angry about this because it feels like my voice is about to give way. <clears throat> um, 
Adjet Pie. I love the pictures, by the way, that all the articles come up with when they're talking about him. They're all just so great. They're like the f- weirdest faces. And this one, at least you can't see his giant grill, you know? <laughs> he's got his lips wrapped around it. But the face he's making, I, it looks like a puppet. I don't know. <laughs> um, so the article in the show notes here is about, obviously, net neutrality. And a company that went through and tested... Uh, traffic throttling. Uh, let's see here. The app. Um, I'm trying to find the actual name of the company here. The app is called like Wehe. W e h e. I downloaded this and I don't think it worked. Um, but that could be on the telco side from what this article is basically telling me. <clears throat> the app basically ran tests from people's phones and tried to see if there was a differentiation between, you know, like access to YouTube, access to Netflix and all the video streaming services and all that. Uh, If that traffic was being throttled, you know, slowed down in order to prioritize other traffic, you know, exactly what net neutrality. uh, (laughs) uh, Exactly what it prohibited. Yeah, exactly what it prohibited and exactly what the carriers and everyone said they weren't going to do if net neutrality got repealed. Why would we want to do that? No. So, um, over 500,000 tests looked at 2,000 ISPs worldwide. Um, The app was downloaded by 100,000 people. So, that uh, says in this article from Gizmodo, this amounts to one of the largest studies of its kind. Um, Verizon appears to be the biggest culprit with 11,100 instances of what researchers called differentiation, most of which involves throttling. AT&T was spotted treating traffic. Hey, dif- there's my AT&T. Uh, they were spotted treating tra- uh, traffic differently 8,398 times. And then they identified T-Mobile, which surprised me, uh, doing it almost 3,900 times. Um, Let's see here. They're saying that this wasn't minor throttling. So Bloomberg gives an example of a recent test wherein Netflix speeds were 1.77 megabits per second on T-Mobile compared with the 6.62 megabits per second speed available to other traffic on the network at the same time. So that means that, you know, it's three or four times faster to browse to a web page than it is to watch Netflix. Um... <clears throat> So the the we uh, the people behind the Weehee app uh, are saying that YouTube, Amazon Prime Video, and NBC Sports have been throttled in similar ways. Um, let's see here. The it's uh, okay. Here we go. Um, Verizon, AT and T, Mobile all told Bloomberg that these instances of differentiation simply meant that they were managing internet traffic. Quote. And people probably don't notice because the video still streams at DVD quality levels, uh, Bloomberg reports. Quote, if you want high definition video, you can pay more, the carriers say. And this is true because most carriers allow unlimited video streaming at DVD quality and then you have to pay to unlock the HD streams. This is exactly what we said was going to happen. This is the beginning of the end. This is... The moment that the Terminator kills John Connor, 
this is the explosion of the city in front of John Connor's mother as she as her bones hang from the fence <laughs> and get the skin ripped off of them. Um, so yeah, uh, California is voting on a net neutrality law right now, I believe, and then obviously we're still waiting for the House to approve the Senate uh, decision to revoke basically Adjet Pie's smiling credentials. <laughs> so um yeah i mean this is not a surprise this cannot be a surprise to many people that this is happening so it needs it needs to be talked about it needs to be brought out in the way in the in the forefront and um you know to see it only took them what uh it was up in april i think right something like that so i mean it only took them five months i'm, <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't happen the next week but you know, oh, I'm sure it did. We just didn't have enough data to do a test at that time. Exactly, exactly. It it happened slowing up. We are all frogs in a pot of water, and when they took away net neutrality, they put it on the burner and started the heat. So, yippee! All right, <laughs> on to and now time for movie news. And we only have one story for this, and it's not—it's something to talk about, but it's not. Uh, there's no real commit uh, or uh, you know anybody will, willing to commit to a yay or a nay on this. Uh, there have been rumors flying around that Henry Cavill will no longer be Superman. Uh, D- <laughs> yeah, Bar- Warner Brothers has said, uh, "quote." We have a great relationship and great respect for Henry Cavill that continues to remain unchanged. Additionally, we have made no current decisions regarding any upcoming Superman films. So that means they haven't said yay or nay either way. So it's still very, you know. What was it that originally broke this, though? Like, what was the original thing that brought this into the into the spotlight? Do you know? Like, there had to have been something, you know what I mean? Like, a tweet from somebody that was mysterious or some kind of direct negotiations that we all knew were taking place that broke down or something along those lines. You know what I mean? Well, it is, I believe, um, a it was like contract negotiations, if I remember correctly. So there were, like, contract negotiations that were going on? Yeah. Um See here. This morning, news broke that Henry Cavill is reportedly hanging up the Kryptonian cape and leaving Warner Brothers. Um, see here. Yeah, it doesn't really. Other than the fact that you know there were creative differences, contract negotiations, things like that, uh, he's been announced to be uh, Geralt in the Witcher series on Netflix. You know, stuff like that. A lot of different things adding up. Yeah. <sighs> So uh, he posted something to Instagram, uh, if you follow him. It's one of the most confusing videos I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's him wearing a Krypton lifting team t-shirt while uh, Blue Danube plays in the background, uh, sung by dogs barking. What? Oh, it's so weird. It's, okay, whatever. Yeah, I didn't really like him as Superman that much anyway, so whatever. I mean, he had the facial structure for it. And the DC Extended Universe has been one step above a hot pile of garbage. So. <laughs> well, that's true. 
That is very true. So, I mean, we'll continue to follow this one, but I like Henry Cavill just as an actor. I'm excited to see him as Geralt in uh, in the Witcher series, but yeah, I don't know. I've seen him in stuff before. I thought he was all right, but I just did. And, 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 and honestly, it's probably not his fault that I don't really like the Superman stuff. I think it's more the writing. I just don't care for Superman. Yeah, I think Superman's kind of a lazy character to begin with. You know, when you create a superhero that's like, I can do everything and I'm the strongest and best at everything. It's it's just, yeah. it's easy. It's lazy. Yep. This is very true. All right. Um, so, let's see here. We'll go into my LOL. Um, LOL. OMG. Daddy's here. <laughs> was that <laughs> this one's so weird <laughs> i want to get your take on this okay so do you know what a deep fake is sure okay so what if which I... goes which which tells you about me i guess <laughs> <laughs> well you know um we're, we're not gonna say too much about that but right. um so a deep fake is basically whenever you take a porn video and put a celebrity's face on one of the people or two of the people who knows uh, but using AI, they can match up the face and make it, you know, pretty. Uh, depending on the quality, uh, convincing. Uh, a company, obviously, that's a that's not kosher with most people. Um, most you know celebrities who have their faces put on whatever. However, a, the co- one company that has uh, been known to do this has now started looking into a service that will allow you to pay to put your own face in a porn film. Um, the, I forget how they put it here. Uh, they were saying this basically more, um, a more enriching erotic experience, you know, to basically watch what would I guess be yourself (laughs) in a porn, um, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm very mixed because this is weird. <laughs> it's super weird because I don't know if I'd want to watch myself. Like I don't I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess a kind of I mean, how <laughs> how in depth how deep into this conversation do you really want to get? <laughs> I mean, I guess it kind of depends on your pornographic preferences, you know, yeah, for someone I mean, who prefers like POV style pornography, uh, you are already watching pornography that in one way, shape or form is meant to put you in the role of w- one of the uh, actors or actresses. Yeah, that's true. So if you are one of those people, then I could definitely see the uh, appeal to uh, this type of uh, pornography. And if you were the type of person who doesn't typically go for POV style because you prefer like a third a voyeur, a third party perspective, then I feel like, uh, I don't know, you know, uh, maybe you would like it because you get to maintain that third party perspective, but see yourself involved in the action. Um, or maybe you wouldn't like it because that's why you specifically want the third party's perspective because you prefer the, you know, voyeur, uh, uh, I don't know, 
the voyeur experience, if you will. So I don't know. I can see the appeal both ways. I don't know. I I I I, I, I give this my stamp of <laughs> approval, marketing wise. Man. I feel like it's a. I feel like it's a. It's a decent idea. <laughs> uh, okay. It's weird. It is weird. Uh, I see both sides but, of it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. So uh, what is this going to cost me? <laughs> there are no. <laughs> what's, what's that site again? Can I pre-order? Uh, right. Is there no. a list I need to sign up for? <laughs> uh, no, I. there is no real marketing details yet. Um, the company is called Na- Naughty America. Oh, I'm familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> so yeah, I guess you know that's your that's your shtick. Get on it, uh, man! Oh man, <laughs> that's that's fun. Wow. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's see here. Next. Flicks. We are going to be talking about movies from uh, the, let's see, September 17th through September 30th. So let me go September 2018. And the 17th. Okay. Okay. Ooh, this first one I actually want to see quite a bit. Good for you. I know. But that's not what the game is. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Uh, this is for September 21st. The house with a clock in its walls. Yeah. Yeah. That, that wasn't that wasn't a that wasn't the next. I know. Keep going. Go ahead. You can start. Jack Black, Kate Ban- uh, Kate Blanchett, Kyle MacLachlan, Owen Vaccaro. Oh, it's a nice synopsis. The magical adventure tells the spine-tingling tale of 12-year-old Lewis, who goes to live with his uncle in a creaky old house. Next. It sounds like crappy Harry Potter. But it's so good looking. It's got Eh. Jack Black. Yeah, okay. Which, I mean, that's like... Uh oh man, Jack Black is like uh like a poor man's Nicolas Cage in a way that like you're really rolling the dice on something, you know, on whether you're going to get like a movie that's even worth watching or just something that is just complete and utter crap. Uh and and you know, Nicolas Cage it's like complete and utter crap or Oscar-worthy performance, you know. With Jack Black it's like complete and utter crap or meh. Okay. So, Alrighty. <clears throat> I mean, it looks like it could be meh. It could be all right. It could be entertaining, but there is no way, shape, or form I would make any effort to go see that film. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go see it in theaters. Well, you have fun with that. I plan on it. It'll be less fun since I canceled my movie pass subscription. I hope you're disappointed by it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Next one. The Sisters Brothers movie. What? Yeah. That doesn't even make sense. Sorry, but it does. Oh, well. Uh, John C. Riley, Joaquin Phoenix, Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is an odd cast. This, this synopsis is awesome. <clears throat> Follows two brothers, Eli and Charlie's sisters, 
who are hired to kill a prospector who has stolen from their boss. <laughs> it's a, it's marketed as a dark comedy. Dark comedy? That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, this, sound, uh, this actually sounds interesting to me. Story, I mean, that's, a, uh, that's the, an odd cast. Uh, John C. Riley is funny. I know, right? So, uh, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix is just weird. Um, and who was the third cast member that they mentioned? Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, he can be funny as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's an odd one. <laughs> yeah, I, I give it a chance. That's cool looking. Um, okay. Let's see here. Uh, lots of limited releases. Yep. Okay. So that's all for the 21st. And now on to the 28th. Oh, gosh. Hellfest. Amy Forsyth, Rain Edwards, Bex Taylor Klaus. Don't know any of them. No. Oh, man. College student Natalie is visiting her childhood best friend, Brooke, and her roommate, Taylor, if it was any other time of Next. Year, I'm already God. done with this. It's so long. <laughs> it's a horror movie. I could tell by the title. and uh, I was waiting for some kind of, you know, mm. premise or synopsis or something. But, uh, you know, that first sentence, I, I don't need three high school girl names or whatever, you know. Like, that's not enough. You need to, you need to hit me with some info. Three more. <clears throat> Next one. Night School. Kevin Hart. Oh, I've seen the previews for this. Tiffany Haddish. Rob Riggle. Uh, <laughs> Romany Malco. Uh, ooh, nice. Follows a group of misfits who are forced to attend adult classes in the long shot chance self pass the GED exam. Looks funny. Yeah. I like, Ke- I like Kevin Hart. He's yeah. funny. Yeah, that's going to be cool. I-, I-, I love Kevin Hart. That's a funny guy right there. Okay. <clears throat> Smallfoot. Mm. Uh, Channing Tatum, Gina Rodriguez, Zendaya, James Corden, Common, LeBron James. Yeah. Smallfoot turns a Bigfoot legend upside down when a bright young Yeti finds something he thought he didn't exist. A human. News of his small Next. Foot. Doesn't yeah. need any more than that. It's yeah. animated. Yeah, I know. I've seen the previews for it, but it looks all right. I guess maybe I'd watch it on Netflix or something. I don't know. It. It. it I don't know. Why, I don't know what about it because I'm usually a pretty big fan of like you know animated stuff. But there's something about that one that I'm just like, eh. I don't think. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna like that one too much. I gotta use a different voice for this one. <clears throat> Little Women. Ooh. Leah Thompson. Ian Boca, Lucas Gribiel, Bart Johnson, Sarah Davenport. I wish I could have some calming is, music behind me. Is this just a film adaptation of the book? Maybe. <laughs> Sisters and dreams are unique in their ability to inspire, encourage, and change the world. That's what it sounds like. For 150 years. Next, 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 next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, haven't they made Little Women into a film before? Yes. I mean, yeah. Little Women tells the story of the same <clears throat> beloved sisters to a new generation. That's the tagline. Uh, it's, it's the exact same, yeah, story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is all the movies. That's all the things. Sean, what the hell are you up to? Okay, so uh, I think the last time we recorded, I talked about getting a, a work phone, so I was forced into an Apple iPhone, right? <laughs> Uh, and so I kind of felt while carrying these two phones, you know, a newer Apple iPhone and my old S5, uh, that I, it was time to upgrade my personal phone because number one, I had already replaced the battery in it with like a, you know, an aftermarket battery. And even that aftermarket battery was beginning to, to lose the ability to sustain a charge. So, and I didn't want to begin using the iPhone more and, you know, start liking it for any reason. So I decided it was time to upgrade my personal cell phone. So I went ahead and uh, I went to the AT&T store and upgraded my S5 to the S9. So I now have a, a new uh, Galaxy S9. Um, I'm liking it. It's it's pretty cool so far. Uh the only there's only been a few things that I didn't really like so like uh like the, the 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 main thing that comes to my head right now and you may know something about this or like like recognize the issue is in regards to like when I'm using my audible app okay mm-hmm. so on my old phone when I would be like listening to my audible app in the car and uh, and I would want to like pause or whatnot, you know, I could just, uh, uh, you know, basically look at the lock screen of my phone, you know, just open, just hit the button to wake it up. And the controls that would appear across the screen were, uh, you know, pause, play and rewind for 30 seconds. And with this S9, the controls that appear on just the lock screen, uh, if I wake the phone up, do not include the like rewind for 30 seconds feature. And I find that I use that a lot while I'm driving because I'll miss something or whatever uh, because I was paying attention to the road and I want to hit you know 30 seconds back real quick. And on this S9, I have to not only wake the phone up, but I have to um, you know swipe the screen. And have the app open for the uh, like the um, you know the car controls. You know it has like specific car controls. You know with like large buttons and stuff like that. And that has the thirty second rewind feature, but the controls that are available on the lock screen don't. And I haven't dis- I haven't figured if there's a way to change that yet. I haven't figured that out or or even bothered to check. But that's one of the little features that I've not particularly cared for uh but other than that like i like the phone i like the shape and size uh, it feels good in my hand you know uh, uh the uh the, the 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 rounded edges are nice and uh the deal that i got at the at&t store you know i traded in my old s5 and and they gave me a ton of credit towards you know gadgets and things like that and so i've got you know a case with the phone and i got the tempered glass you know cover protecting thing on the front of it and i got bluetooth earbuds and a wireless charging stand and charging cables and and all of that stuff i basically got you know like every 
every uh, accessory that that you could offer for the phone in exchange for trading in my old one and everything. So it was a pretty good deal, to be honest. And it, and it was they were buy one get one free phones at the time. And if if we had, you know, thought about it in advance or whatnot, my wife and I could have, you know, she could have switched her carriers and all that kind of stuff. But we didn't, so I didn't take advantage of the buy one get one free. All you have to do is add a line. Uh, but uh, I did, you know, take advantage of trading in my phone and getting a bunch of the accessories and everything. So um, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with the phone. So so far so and it like i said it's kept me from you know utilizing that iphone in any way shape or form whatsoever so far which is really the important bit right <laughs> um that's what you're looking for for your lock screen stuff is um should be in the settings of the audible audible app i think you can edit what buttons show up there okay i'll, I'll look and see if i can but uh but yeah that's the uh that's the only thing. Other than that, like again, like some of the notifications have changed, like the way things notify you or like what information is displayed. There's just like little tweaks here and there, and a lot of it is just more, uh, you know, you know me. Like I don't like change, and uh, and and so you know I want it to look just the exact same way it did before and things like that, and 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 so little things like that bother me, but uh, they're not necessarily related to the functionality of the phone or anything. So. Gotcha. Well, welcome to the future. Right. So yeah, now I have two pretty current cell phones, which, like you said, when when I told you I upgraded, you know, that's pretty out of the ordinary for me. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, the fact that the, my new personal phone, like you said earlier, when you looked it up, the S nine was released in March, and it's September. Like I have a phone that's only six months old. Like yeah, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. I usually buy a phone that's like a year old and then keep it for five years. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for so, you. Um, let's see. Other than upgrading to the phone, uh, in regards to like you know watching some stuff on TV and whatnot, I noticed on Friday night. Haven't finished it yet, but uh, the newest season of BoJack Horseman is available on Netflix. So uh, I think we watched like the first you know four or five episodes, something like that, on Friday night. Probably pick up some more this afternoon. But uh, if you're a fan of BoJack Horseman on Netflix, they've got the newest uh, season available. And uh, as we talked about previously on the podcast, and I've seen commercials for on Comedy Central, uh, the first like four seasons, uh, I believe, are going to be available uh, very shortly on, on Comedy Central on, on cable. So if you don't have Netflix and uh, you've, uh, you've heard of the show, you can uh, catch it in syndication on Comedy Central soon as well. So Awesome. And then last but not least, I believe during the last podcast, we discussed how I had finally managed to catch up and watch Deadpool 2, right? And uh, and so uh, since the last recording, I have also managed to finally watch Infinity War. So uh, I had avoided most spoilers, you know, for the longest time and uh, finally managed to rent it from the Red Box when it came out for, uh, you know, Blu-ray rental. And uh, watched that, uh, I think, two weekends ago. So, um, man, that was a really good movie. <laughs> it was. Um, did I ever show you the, um, the little video that someone had posted online that said, uh, me right after watching Infinity War? And it's the part at the very beginning of uh, Rick and Morty Season 3, I believe. Oh, where they're like all they're like the beaten car. up and then they're in the car, right? <laughs> they, they're just crying. Because <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> oh, Rick's like, I had no control over that situation. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was that. it was a, it was a really good movie. I thought they did an even better job like uh um incorporating all the different characters into one feature film. I think they did an even better job in this one than they, than they did in the first Avengers movie uh, because there were just so many characters and they managed to get everybody in there except, of course, for Ant-Man and Hawkeye, I guess. But uh, but it was I, – I thought it was really cool, really well done. I loved all the different tie-ins and just all the brief appearances by the different characters. Uh, I, I thought it was a, a great film. They did a really good job of balancing the the humor with the you know heart wrenching sadness of the movie. Um, I think the line you know like I could watch uh, I could watch Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth you know Star Lord and Thor like I could watch those two in like a a, a buddy movie. Uh, <laughs> they were hilarious, and the fact that Thor understands Groot because he took it as an elective in college or whatever he said like that is yeah. hilarious. Like just some of the stupidest comedy was great. Uh, it, it is good. It is very good. Um, let's see here. Just trying to trying to play that uh, clip through. Uh, can you hear that? No. Okay, that's the wrong place then. I never remember exactly where I'm supposed to play this for you to hear it. It's uh, I got too many freaking things. That's the problem. That is the problem here. Why are you playing through there? Oh well. Anyway, <clears throat> but I absolutely I love I love all the memes. Like if you look up Infinity War memes, oh yeah, there's just so many good ones. <laughs> I had so many people are so angry of the characters that they killed off and. Uh, oh yeah, it'll be really interesting to see, you know, because like I mean, as anybody who knows anything about the Marvel universe knows that you know at least half the characters that they did kill off or that disappeared or whatnot, I mean, they have to come back because in one way, shape, or form, the actors are still under contract to appear in future movies, you know. Um, so there's more to all of this than meets the eye, and as you well know from you know just comic book history in general, you know barely any character is really dead dead um so uh you know there's still a lot more to come but it'll be really interesting to see you know how they bring each character back and if they do bring each character back it gives them a lot to play with you know it's it's really cool again marvel just does a great job i feel with their extended universe and like really stringing us all along and keeping everybody invested in the whole situation and that's something that dc has miserably failed to do true that <clears throat> all right um for me i also am upgrading my cell phone uh i already i pre-ordered the iphone 10s um i'm trading in my iphone 7 for it getting uh like 300 bucks i think back from trading that in so eh, made it slightly affordable it's less than a thousand dollars at that point at least um, but yeah, so that'll be coming in hopefully this Friday. So, yay. Expect to hear about that on the next show. 
other thing I've been doing, I upgraded my home network quite a bit. Um, I used to have kind of a piecemeal solution where I, I had a, PF, a, a computer running PFSense as my router, and I had a really nice uh, HP gigabit switch that I was using, um, and all my access points were using power injectors and that kind of stuff. And I've always loved Ubiquity access points. So I've used them for quite a while, and I had the cloud controller running on a virtual machine on my server. Sean, I don't expect you to actually follow most of this. Nope. (laughs) But I recently, I got the cloud key to manage it. And I'm like, well, hell, if I'm going to get a cloud key, then I need to switch with PoE, power over Ethernet. So I bought a Ubiquity Unify switch with power over Ethernet. Now the cloud key can control the switch and the access points. And I mean, if you're going to have two of the three sections of the Unify interface glow green and one of them be gray, that just isn't aesthetically pleasing. So I better just buy a Ubiquity Security Gateway too. So I bought that. So now... I am pretty much ubiquity from my modem all the way to my computer. Um, and it is magical, to be honest. Uh, the interface, all the settings, how easy it was, how great it is to be able to look at any time and tell you exactly uh, all the statistics going on in my network, who's using the most bandwidth, where they are, what access point they're connected to, all this stuff. It's fantastic. I I'm, I geek out about it very, very hard. when I'm, I, I've looked at that interface like every hour for the last couple of days. Um, Unify or Ubiquity stuff is uh, very cost effective in general. <clears throat> A- their APs are amazingly cheap for what they allow you to do. Uh, the rest of their equipment is middle of the road. It's not uh, it's not the cheap consumer grade stuff, but it lasts a hell of a lot longer than that. So you expect to pay just a little bit more for it. Um, so yeah, if you're a networking kind of a person, or you just want a hell of a internal network in your home. Or if you just have a lot of devices that you have to manage all at once, uh, check out Ubiquity because they are uh, they're doing some pretty awesome things at some pretty decent price ranges. I know that sounded like an ad, but I'm I'm very, it did. I'm very happy with the price because I've always want I always wanted access points instead of the I mean I've gone through so many wireless routers because they just wear out. I use so much wireless data and i put so much bandwidth through a system that eventually the software just doesn't keep up with me anymore and i have to reboot my router every day or every few days or every week or whatever and that's unacceptable i don't want to have to reboot my router that's annoying i'm 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 almost positive that that's the issue that i'm having at my house right now like we constantly have to reboot my router uh, because like i can't I can't access like the TiVo upstairs, you know, that's all, you know, networked together and things like that. And then my router's probably, shoot, seven years old at this point, I would think. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's probably time for a new wireless router here as well. Oh, yeah. But see, I, I, that's unacceptable to me. If I have to reboot my router any more than once a year, unacceptable. So I've spent so much money on, wireless routers trying to get the best possible wireless router available i've spent upwards of 200 dollars on a single router before and i the whole ubiquity network i mean granted between the access point the switch the um cloud key and the router is about 400 dollars and change you know, I 
buy I bought them one piece at a time, but you can buy them all at once if you want. Um but it's it's so much better. That access point before I took it down for the network upgrade had been online literally for a hundred days with absolutely no problems whatsoever. Like if I didn't have to upgrade this network, it would have still been counting up in days. So something's to be said about spending a little bit more, but getting much higher quality equipment. Alrighty. Uh, that's all we got for you this week, guys. Uh, we'll be back at our same bat time, same bat channel. It was international bat. Wasn't it Batman's day? Like it was day? like Batman day. Yeah. I don't know when it was, but I saw articles about that. Like Kevin Smith, you know, did something special, of course. And it was, uh, it was Batman day. Okay. Um, Sean can, for our sign off, can you do your best Alex Jones impersonation? My best Alex Jones. I can't do an impersonation. No, um, an impression? Nothing? My, uh, uh, character? My, <clears throat> well, no, my favorite uh, scene of his was when he uh, got all freaked out, red-faced, and was screaming and yelling about how we were turning frogs gay. That there was something in the water turning frogs gay. It was all a conspiracy. <laughs> uh, gay frogs! That was very much similar to that. That was good. <laughs> Hillary, Satan, gay frogs. <laughs> They're turning the frogs gay. Turning the frogs gay. <laughs> I wonder how he has any voice at all. just sells just the worst shit on his website like just the worst dietary supplements and things like just awful awful stuff it's it's disgusting